Hello, Loose Lug Nation, and welcome to episode 29 of the Loose Lugs Racing Podcast, presented by Double L Sports Network. I am your host, Lauren Leach, once again, and as usual, joined by Mark Allen. Mark, when I think of number 29, my mind automatically goes to Kevin Harvick. I also remember Steve Grissom racing it and Robert Presley for a few races as well. Yeah, that Grissom, that was a, the Cartoon Network car. That was a pretty pretty sharp-looking car. Yeah, locally, uh, you got Danny Church Jr. You know, he runs around Slinger and down south of southern Wisconsin. And uh, back in the day, Jerry Smith from Medina, he uh, ran a dirt car up in Shano um, in Seymour in a, in a Plymouth Fury. And, uh, and another 29 will be, this is real old school. How about Ken, Kenny Pankratz from Mosinee? He drove a Ford Fastback Tor- Torino back in the day when uh, WIR was first paved. So, yeah, there's an old 29 for you there, buddy. There you go. We also have Cody Shepard in the street stock division at WIR. There's one. And Spencer Davis, who runs out of Georgia, he runs down south. He was 29 as well. Yeah, kind of hard for 29, though. It's not a popular number, but uh, there's some out there. Yeah, you know, when I was looking this up and thinking back a little bit, I was like, 29 hasn't been used a whole, whole lot, but the drivers who have had a lot of success in it. Yeah, I didn't think of Kevin Harvick right away. You jumped on that one. I said, oh, yeah, that's that's right. That's a quite popular 29 number. Well, and it says here that Dale Jarrett raced number 29 for 48 races. I don't ever recall Dale Jarrett in a 29. Kale Yarbrough did for 26 races, but obviously Kevin Harvick, 466 races in the number 29, 23 wins. Um, Dick Hutcherson as well, not too familiar with him. He ran it for 97 races. He's number two on the list, 13 wins in that car. So, uh, yeah, some success out of that 29. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I remember the cartoon car when Steve Grissom was in there. That was kind of a unique uh, unique cartoon car. So, <laughs> It was pretty cool when it was on in its day. Yeah, I remember that one as well. I just remember on the side, it always had those goofy-looking numbers to traditional numbers, you know, compared to traditional numbers. And then it had sometimes it was purple with Scooby-Doo on the side. It had other things. So it was pretty cool as a kid seeing that car go around the track. Yeah, it didn't stick around very long, but it was there for a little bit. Yeah. Well, let's get into it here. We were at Kansas this past weekend for all three of the top-tier NASCAR series. We'll start with the Gander RV and Outdoors Truck Series. Um, Sheldon Creed dominated Stage 1. Yeah, dominated would be with a capital D. Yes, he did. Um, Looked like that was the truck to beat all day long right there. And then going into Stage 2, Austin Hill led early there was a big big crash though shortly into it Rafael Lassard got loose and got got into Moffitt Moffitt ended up okay but Lassard crashes into Ankrum Kligerman got involved David Gravel was involved Tanner Gray that actually brought out the red flag and actually Ben Rhodes got a piece of that as well that was just a weird accident that was just weird but there was just so many vehicles all in one area and and Ankrum was in the wrong place at the wrong time and yeah, a little fire came out of that one, and um, 
he's going to have to win a race now for the next two two races if he wants to run for the championship. Yeah, that's the thing about this round is it's going to be very tough to come back from. You got so many of the top drivers left in it that one mistake, and you could say this about any round, but especially as you get further along, it just seems like one mistake is much more major than it would be in the earlier rounds. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So, yeah, that was a weird wreck. It just all of a sudden, everybody just come together there. Called it kind of like the big one right there. You don't see, you don't usually see pileups like that at, at Kansas, but uh, <laughs> it did. And, yeah, we got a red flag out of that one. Yeah, and to pile on Ben Rhodes, he also got penalized for too many men over the wall. That was a two-lap penalty. It was a, a very aggressive restart after that. Uh, Hill continued to leave over Smith. Enfinger was outside of Hill to start the restart. Zane Smith took the lead away from Hill shortly after that. Zane was one of the most aggressive on that restart, and it paid off early. Yes, it did. Yep. But uh, it still comes out. Moffat and Creed, you know, and Hill, and they always seem like they're always up front, up on that side, you know. So And Zane Smith. I think Zane Smith pretty much had the fastest vehicle also for most of the day also. And what a great battle it was for the lead between uh, Zane Smith, Sheldon Creed, and Austin Hill. Uh, Creed ends up getting by Zane Smith, and Creed wins stage two, but a great battle between those three truck drivers. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I thought Sheldon Creed was the guy to beat. Yeah, well, he won both both stages there, first two stages. Led 61 laps during the day. Yeah, and something that happened at the end of that stage, Christian Eckes and Austin Hill were coming to the end of the stage there, and they made some pretty good contact, and Hill wasn't too happy with Christian Eckes. looked like a racing deal, but uh, interesting because it wasn't the end of the race, but it was for, the, for a point in the stage. Yeah, every point counts, doesn't it? You know, so <laughs> it's all right. Uh, Sheldon Creed led him back to green to begin the final stage there. Zane Smith took the lead with 53 to go, but Moffitt got by uh, Creed for second, and he was coming. Um, green flag pit stops happened in this one. Moffitt got by Smith racing off of pit road uh, on that pit exit, Mark. That was an interesting battle because it's slick down there, but they went for it. And they were side by side and they came out and, you know, and, and they went, <laughs> they went down the back stretch road and like neither one of them wanted to back off on that one. That was, yeah, a race. They got off the pit lane and, and they were side by side racing on the, uh, on the apron. <laughs> that was good stuff. Oh, absolutely. Um, then Smith got back by Moffitt. Moffitt didn't let him get away, though. And Moffitt started running that really high groove. He was only inches off the wall. That's the fast way to get around Kansas, you know. Yeah, there's a lot of risk in it, too. I mean, boy, it doesn't take much of a bobble to, to get in. Obviously, when you're running a few inches off, my, my gosh, it's uh, <laughs> any little slip is going to put you in the wall. But that's where the grip of uh, of the track is, and that's the fastest way around to have momentum. So that's how Kansas works, to work the high groove like that. And then Moffitt, with three to go, got to the inside. He tries to clear, but Smith does a crossover. There was contact. Smith went all the way to the apron on the backstretch, tried to save it. He ends up going around. Caution comes out. Um, 
wow, that was uh, that was a heck of a battle between those two all day, but especially at the end. Yeah, I irritated my wife on that one as I was yelling in the other room saying, save it, save it, save it, save it. And, you know, and I was like, oh, he didn't save it. Um, I thought when it first happened, I thought he was going to, you know, Kansas is a, is a place that somebody ends up taking the inside wall down. And I thought, oh, he's heading that way. But uh, um, good, <laughs> good steering, good driving, and he almost saved it. And then he lost it going into three. But, uh, yeah, I was yelling or I was yelling pretty, pretty loud on that one for him to save that one. So I was kind of into it, you know. <laughs> well, it was it was a great race. Uh, so they get the green to with two to go in, in the race. Moffitt and Engfinger lead them back. Moffitt has a great restart on the inside lane, and he goes on to win. Sheldon Creed finishes second. Austin Hill third. Grant Engfinger fourth. Chandler Smith rounds out the top five. Then you had Christian Eckes, Timothy Peters, who was filling in for Stuart Friesen. Good run for him back in the truck series. Matt Crafton, Derek Krause, and Trevor Bain round out the top ten. Yeah, Peters, you know, that fill in and get a seventh like that, that's that's good stuff there. And, yeah, and Derek Krause got a top, top, top ten, so that's good stuff there too. Yeah, and there was only one penalty. It was for Haley Deegan, who was in this race, first truck series race. Did a pretty good job. It was announced that she'll run full-time next year in the 17 truck for um, DGR Crosley, and um, she did pretty good. Um, yeah, good run for her. Um, she wanted the top 15, and she got 16th, you know, but, uh, hey, she brought it home, and and that's uh, that's what it's all about, to get all the laps and get, all, get the seat time, so good run by her. I'm excited to see what Haley is going to do as she moves up the ranks here because they didn't want to move her along too fast and they didn't. She said, I'm only moving up because I think I'm ready. I think she has a ton of talent. I think she's different from the other females that have tried in the past and I think she'll have some success. So it'll be interesting to see how next year goes for her. Well, I think she has some good backing there too. There's some people on her side that's going to help her out and let her uh, perform. Yep. Yep, absolutely. Well, let's get into the points for the truck series. So um, Brett Moffitt advances with his win. Uh, Sheldon Creed is next. Austin Hill and Zane Smith. Then uh, Grant Enfinger, Matt Crafton, Ben Rhodes, and Tyler Ankrum. As you said, Mark, it's going to be tough uh, for a couple of guys to advance. Uh, especially Rhodes and Ankrum, especially them. Crafton's uh, close enough. Um, he can't. He can't slip at all. But uh, he runs good at Texas, um, so it'll be interesting for Texas this weekend. And uh, they run that on Sunday. It's not the first race of the weekend. Eleven o'clock on Sunday morning for the uh, truck race this weekend. Yeah, it'll be something different. They did that uh, earlier in the season as well at a couple races on Sunday, and that was pretty cool to start off the day. Yeah, Texas, a uh, whole different kind of animal. High speed, and then, uh, you know, they they took the banking out of turn one, which makes it just a little bit different. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> Texas. Look, uh, weather looks good down there this weekend, too, so we'll be able to get some good racing in down there. Yeah, so uh, Sheldon Creed is up 26 from the cutoff. Austin Hill is up 19. Zane Smith is plus 7. Enfinger is back 7. Matt Crafton is minus 15. Ben Rhodes is minus 33, and Tyler Anchor minus 56. 
I agree with you. Matt Crafton has a shot to get in. Definitely has to run up front all day, get the stage points, uh, but it can be done. Yes, it can be done, but going to need every point. You know, them stage points are going to be really, uh, really important this weekend. Oh, absolutely. They they have been all year, but now when you get down to it, it just adds another element of importance to it. Yes, sir. Yeah. So we'll have to tune in. We'll have to watch. Absolutely. Well, then the Xfinity Series runs a little later on at Kansas. Um, Gregson was the early leader. There was a caution on lap 10 for Matt Mills. He went around. And then they went back to green on lap 15. They were four wide into one, Mark. Um, kind of hard to do there. <laughs> there isn't that much room for four wide at Kansas. No, they did make it work going in through the middle, but they wrecked on exit. Sindrick got tagged by Gregson just barely. The two hit a few times. They were big hits. Chastain brushed the wall. Um Man, unfortunate for two hopefuls in the playoffs. Yeah, broke a lower control arm on Gregson's car. Um, the 22 was able to go on, but uh, that tire wasn't spinning out after that. Uh, the, the splitter got underneath the the, uh, the tire, and so the front tire wasn't spinning. And thought that was the end of his day, but uh, you know they got him. They got him to keep going there, but it still ended up ruining his day. That that front end was uh, used up. Yeah, and we'll talk about where they stand in the points a little later, but obviously a blow that they didn't want at Kansas. Then there was a competition caution on lap 26. Briscoe was your leader. They go back to green on lap 30. Lap 33, Daniel Hemrick hit the wall when he had a left front go down. He was running eighth. At that time, Mark, I thought, man, that we talked about this before. That guy can just use a break. Yeah, yeah, but uh, – um... Looking at the final there, you know, Hemrick actually ended up with a super run, even though he ended up with that incident at that time. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a little bit here. But uh, Chase Briscoe goes on to win stage one. Then early in stage two, Jeffrey Earnhardt goes around after getting a shot from Joe Graff Jr. into turn three. David Starr and Cody Vanderwall also make some contact between each other, avoiding they were going to be okay. That was on lap 52. Yeah, they made it. They said that it looked like that was on purpose when, uh, you know, <laughs> Joe Graff just come up there and just boated him, <laughs> just rammed him, and Earnhardt just uh, got turned around. So um, crazy uh, situation. like to know what happened a couple laps before that, what caused why he uh, just went up there and just booted him like that. Yeah, I know how it could look that way, but I'm hesitant to say that because if someone lists lifts going in the corner just a second before you're planning on doing it it can look pretty aggressive and you never know I never want to say that but it it did look aggressive I don't know if it was on purpose maybe Jeffrey did something that didn't sit well with Joe Graff Jr. but uh, I don't know it's a split second decision if you lift and you're completely out of throttle and the guy's still in it for an extra second it's going to be it's going to look that way yeah yeah you know, they made the, like, hey, that looked like that was on purpose. And then they showed it again and just like, well, I guess I could see that angle. But, uh, um, yeah, it could have been one way or another. But, uh, um, yeah, caused a five-car incident there. So <laughs> kind of crazy when you run into somebody at them high speeds like that. So you'll have that. 
Yeah, and you know the uh, the guys that are calling the race, they would know more than we would. Obviously, they've been around it, they've drove, they've been a crew chief, so they have some good opinions. And I take what they say with a lot of um, respect and and know that they know what they're talking about. I just, you know, when you're talking split seconds, sometimes I just I'm personally hesitant on calling it that. Yeah, yeah. So, but. Uh... Yeah, it was an incident. Brought out a caution there. So, so they go back to green on lap fifty-seven. Uh, they go green all the way to the end of the stage. Chase Briscoe takes that. Then there was uh, the final stage. There was a caution with forty-five to go. Chase Briscoe pretty much dominated from this point on. It really dominated all day. Josh Rayom spun. Uh, that was going to help Sieg, who was the leader, because he didn't pit. So Ryan Sieg, one of those playoff drivers that was trying to make something happen there, he was the only leader that didn't pit, and it was going to pay off for him. Yeah, he saved he saved a set of tires for the end, and uh, that that almost worked for him, almost. But that that was a good idea, good good strategy on that on that team's part there. <laughs> Yeah, so the tires was the second strategy. We'll get that in a second here, but they had some they had some good strategy. And, you know, you never know how it's going to work out, but when it falls that way for you, kudos to those guys for being aggressive enough to make a call like that. You know, there's some races earlier this year that they did the same thing, that all of a sudden Ryan Segan at the end still had a set of tires. So they, uh, they, they used that strategy before. I have seen that before. Yep. And it worked for him early on in this stage, too, when green flag pit stops were happening. So um, Joe Graff Jr. ended up started smoking as they were going back to green, so they called off the restart. Uh, they ended up going back to green with 37 to go. Then there was an incident. Justin Allgaier brushed the wall. Then Alfredo got loose um, a few laps earlier or later, excuse me. And then Chastain went up the track to try to avoid him, but Alfredo made contact with Chastain, Chastain hit the wall, and then Harrison Burton went around behind them trying to avoid it all. Yeah, that was good driving there. He was sliding and sliding, just like, is he going to make contact? And he stopped about uh, about a foot short of the wall. Yeah, and you know, I thought, uh, there's no way. The Where's the wall? Where's the wall? And there was enough runoff room where Harrison Burton was able to just lay on the brakes and avoid it. But Ross Chastain did have some rear damage after getting to the wall, but um, he was going to be okay. You know, it wasn't, wasn't significant enough. Yeah. Well, yeah, the I most that, I, yeah, I thought that 20 car was going to take the wall down. <laughs> yeah, I know. That, and then he said, you know, all them tires, you know, they're flat spotted. And then you yeah, got to be concerned that they don't come apart when they tried to limp back to the pits, you know. And uh, it didn't come apart for him. So, yeah, he was uh, fortunate on that. That's got to be so hard to know that you spun. Uh, the leaders are probably a half lap, if not more, ahead of you. And you're trying to get in the pit road, which you're going to have a penalty for pitting too soon and not tearing up the car. How do you not – how do you do all that? That's a lot of things going on in your mind in a short amount of time. Yeah, yeah. All you can do is push her right to the floor and hopefully she stops and – uh, he got lucky. Yeah, just enough runoff for him there. Most leaders did pit under this caution. Then the big wreck came on the restart with 28 to go. Justin Allgaier was on the apron. No room was given to come back up. Alfredo was there. They make contact. Hard goes 
Anthony Alfredo into the wall. He ends up flipping over. Brandon Brown and Riley Herbst were involved in this one. And you know, Mark, this place has had some big wrecks over the year. You think about Eric Almirola, um, a few others that have happened um, earlier in the year and throughout the years. This place has had big wrecks, and this was one of one of them again. It's crazy how Kansas just has some real grinding wrecks, and uh, it, that one didn't fail to uh, to uh, um, cause you know a big wreck like that. And uh, just thankful that nobody tagged him. Once again, being upside down, um, you know, he talked about, you know, being patient and hanging upside down with all the blood going to his head, you know, and there's somebody there talking, talking to him. And it's kind of unique how you watch how they tip them cars back up, how they kind of pirouette the car back over on its wheels. And they set it down so nice, you know. <laughs> they did. And I even called my wife in the room while I was watching the recording of it. And I said, look at how far this has come. Because not too long ago, those cars would slam back down on. And this one, it was like, you wouldn't even know it came back over. It was so soft. Yep, they just set it right down, and there it is, you know, and then finally could get out of it, you know. And, uh, you know, the safety workers are right there, you know, just in case of fire and stuff like Boy, that'd be scary being upside down in a car and start on fire. You know, that that would be a real scary thing. But, uh, um, yep, once again, we prayed beforehand, and he was safe. Um, come to a sliding stop on his roof, and nobody else tagged him. So uh, pretty fortunate for that. That is one of my biggest fears when I see a car go over. Obviously, you never want to see a big wreck because, first off, the big impact happens before they flip over generally. And if there was ever a fire like that, I mean, fire is the, they say, is the racer's worst enemy out there. Uh, they just don't like fire. They can take the big wrecks and whatever happens, but fire when you're trapped in there. I mean, that's pretty scary. And if you were trapped upside down, that's one of my biggest fears that I've thought of. And, you know, you think about it, this was a – Topic of discussion back in Daytona when Ryan Newman had his scary incident. That thing was leaking fuel or oil or whatever it ended up being, and that could have easily went up, and he's unconscious. I mean, it's safety has come such a long way, but these wrecks sometimes are reminders to say, hey, we still need to think about things to move forward. Oh, yes. You know, there's maybe a little luck involved with that stuff, you know. Um, you know, unfortunately, you know, hopefully we never see it, you know, but it, it's always that possibility, you know, when a uh, car's upside down and fluids are leaking all out of it and, you know, there's sparks everywhere and, uh, um, it's, it's amazing that, uh, you don't see, uh, um, something catastrophic, like a bad fire like that. It's just, that would be a bad situation. So we've been fortunate that we, uh, don't see that and hopefully we won't, we'll keep her going the way it is. Yep, and kudos to everyone that's had uh, had a hand in safety for NASCAR and racing in general. Have done a great, great job. Um, for a long time now, they've been thinking and being progressive about it. So kudos to all the men and women that are thinking about it constantly. Uh, Mark, Brandon Jones also got a, a piece of this one as well, just in the back bumper there. The red flag did come out for this incident as they were tipping Anthony Alfredo back over. Justin Allgaier said he tried to get out of it, but they were three wide at it. At one point, all three of these drivers were on the apron, Brandon Brown, Anthony Alfredo, and Justin Allgaier. There was just there was just no room. And as I first watched it, I thought, well, Brandon Brown could have known he was, you know, two guys were inside and he could have went up a little bit. But really, um, 
it's not on anyone. It's just hard racing going and it's a split second decision. You're going fast there and you're trying to get all you can get. It's just, uh, just the racing deal. You can, you could tell all guy was really bothered by that. He was really bummed out and he kind of realized that he should have backed out of it. But how do you, once again, split second, you know, and trying to make it work. There's, there's just no bank in there, you know, <laughs> and went into the corner and geez, just, just a little contact, you know, and it was on, um, that's a restart, man. And there's, you know, that's, that's part of the racing. Usually 99% of the time they work it out, but just that time there was just no room. <laughs> there was no room there and Allgaier was on the, on the flat and there's no grip there. And that's, that's what ended up happening there. So that was a grinder. You know, what else came into my mind thinking about this is because no super speedway tracks have the yellow line rule and I don't think they should ever have a need to get it, but it, it's kind of interesting that we talked about the yellow line rule not too long ago at Talladega and now an incident on the apron or below the white line at Kansas occurs. Yeah. That crossed my mind just a little bit too. And then say, don't go there, please don't make that rule. <laughs> you know? So, but yeah, it crossed my mind saying that's why there's, at high-speed racetracks, they try to keep you off the apron, but that's only at Talladega and Daytona. But, you know, if they did that at Daytona or Talladega, you'd end up with the, the same kind of incident that would happen of what happened at Kansas there. Yep, exactly. So more thought goes into that, and we'll see where it goes from there. But uh, they go back to green with 23 to go. Sieg and Haley bring them back, but Chase Briscoe, there he is. He takes the lead, coming back to 21 to go. And then a caution comes out with nine to go. Myatt Snyder goes around. So that's a team car to Ryan Sieg. And Ryan Sieg has the opportunity to pit for tires. And Mark, you and I just talked about it a little bit ago. I thought, man, this could this could be it. He's going to start ninth. And he's got tires. It was about 20 lap fresher tires. He was coming. But he only had four laps to make it work. And if he would have had a few more laps, it would have been interesting if he would have chased Briscoe down. Um, just didn't have enough time. But, uh, hey, he crawled himself back into a third place. So he only lost one position, but who says that he wouldn't have kept that position if he would have stayed out? So so it was uh, the best shot that they had. It, it almost worked for him if they only had a few more laps. Yeah, I have in my notes here a caution would be huge. Uh, for him with three or two to go after he got up to third because on that restart I'm sure he would just eat him right up of course you never know if an incident happens or not but would have been interesting for sure if there are a few more laps or a caution comes out uh, but mm -hmm. the, Chase Briscoe takes the white flag and he goes on to win Daniel Hemrick comes back to finish second as you and I just talked about thought he could use a break earlier in the race when he hit the wall he still finishes second great for him I uh, feel really good for him. Hopefully this materializes into something for the future. Ryan Sieg finishes third, Justin Haley fourth. Austin Hill, the truck regular, finishes fifth for his Satori Racing uh, Toyota. And then uh, Josh Williams was sixth, Brett Moffitt seventh, Michael Annette eighth, Brandon Jones ninth, and Justin Allgaier finishes tenth there. Mark, a lot of guys that sometimes aren't up front up front there at Kansas, and uh, it was great to see. Yeah, especially the two truckers, Hill and Moffat. You know, they they're up there at the end there, and just like 
you know, <laughs> good runs for them guys. And Josh Williams, yeah, another good one. Good run for him also. So um, good entertaining Kansas race. Uh, that was a good one. Well, let's talk about Brett Moffitt for a second, because this is a guy who was a previous truck champion, has raced the Xfinity Series for a little while now, had some opportunity in the Cup Series, and has done well in everything that he's gotten into. And he's a guy who I've been a big fan of for a long time. He came up to WIR back in the day. He was racing around the Midwest in the Adrian Carriers number 29 after that, and has a ton of talent. And I just wonder, and I've thought this for years, why he's not further up in the in the Xfinity series or Cup series full time because that's just a guy with a ton of talent and a lot of these guys have talent. I'm not saying anything else about these guys, but Brett Moffitt has some experience in the upper levels, and I think he should be up there. Well, um, keep keep running the way he is, and he's going to get noticed. Um, so yeah, he runs in a truck and he does well, and then gets into an Xfinity car and ends up having a good finish there too. So, um, yeah, just keep doing what you're doing and uh, people will take notice of that. Yep. Yeah. We'll see what, we'll see what happens. Um, not a bad gig to be in the truck series as, as well, running for GMS, doing a, doing a whale of a job down there, but um, someone who I think deserves a shot uh, going forward, like a lot of these other guys, but someone who's proven it over the years for sure. Um, Chase Briscoe for a second, Mark ninth win. That is a record for the Xfinity series. Yeah, he ought to move up, don't you think? <laughs> yeah, we'll uh, we'll get into that for a second, uh, or, or in a second. Um, what what an amazing season for Chase Briscoe. He put this big target on his back, saying, "I need eight wins to get to the Cup Series." Nobody knew where it came from. Some people still think that that was a whisper in the in the back that Tony Stewart would move him up or someone else said, hey, if you get eight wins, we'll find the sponsorship and get you up here. But to say that and back it up, man, that is huge. Well, if you got that Ford Oval on it, Mustang on the front end like that, that's, uh, that's a big boost right there. You know, so uh, that would build your confidence if you had had the pony on. So, um him and uh, Cedric, uh, them two Mustangs, have been dominating all year. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, you know, Ford has been really, really good the last uh, few years. Can't take anything away from him. Um, but you know what? Beyond, beyond that, you still have to get it done. And Chase Briscoe has done exactly that. Yeah, yeah that's absolutely true. He made that prediction, and by gum, he made it makes it work. And wow, he is a yeah, he's a heck of a driver, good wheel man, and uh, and his future looks rather bright. We'll see where that see where he goes. Absolutely, no doubt about it. Um, I know the record was previously held by Sam Ard. It was two drivers, Sam Ard, and um, someone else there. But uh, man, unbelievable. Yep. So probably the other one would be somebody like Mark Martin. You know, he won a ton of races back in the Xfinity, Xfinity days, but nine wins. Wow. That's uh, yeah, that's really impressive. It's, we'll it's crazy. It's crazy to me that that would, uh, that would be the case. I, for a guy who's fought and, and clawed his way through, didn't know what he was doing, volunteered his time at the race shops, finally gets his opportunity and he's making the most of it. It's unbelievable to me, to me that he's at this point. 
No, he's in the round of the championship right now. He's in the championship four. So he's got his chance for a championship. He's locked in. Yep, absolutely. Well, the point situation for them, uh, Chase Briscoe advances due to his win. Justin Allgaier sits second. He's 11 up. Brandon Jones is third. He's nine up. And Austin Sindrick right now is fourth. He is two points up. Justin Haley is fifth. He's two points down. Ross Chastain sits sixth. Sixth. He's 12 down. Ryan Sieg is 17, 17 down. And Noah Gregson, due to his incident, is 33 down. So Noah Gregson pretty much in a must win. Everyone else could point their way in. It's pretty tight. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, Gregson's pretty much going to have to win a race. Um, unfortunate when he was bouncing off the 22. Um, I thought Cedric kind of made a real uh, crazy move there. He kind of shot the needle there, and uh, there was contact. It was a little bit of an aggressive move at that time, and just a little contact. Yeah, and too bad Gregson got taken out that way. So, yep, he's going to have to win. He's going to have to win the next two races one way or another to get in. And he's a guy who could do it, no doubt about it. Yep. Well, he's been up front all year, so, and he's got an aggressive style. For, <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. He kind of laid in the weeds for a few weeks there, and then he said, you know what? I'm going to get back to my aggressive self because he ruffled a few feathers in that Xfinity Series garage early on and halfway through. And I think he said, I'm going to settle down a little bit because I'm going to need to bank on a few friends later on in the year. Uh, but he said, you know what? I just, I need to run as aggressive. That's what I'm used to. And he got back to it and that's what he's doing. And that's what he's doing. So let's see, uh, let's see how it goes. Um, I expect him to run really well here coming up, uh, coming up here at Texas. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. He could pop a win this weekend. Very well. Yep. I agree. Well, the cup series also at Kansas, um, Mark, that one was aggressive early. No incidents by the time the competition caution comes at lap 26, but I was surprised how aggressive it was early on. The, the, the whole series, that whole, I guess I'd have to say this Texas Cup race was one of the better ones of the year. I, I, I would rank that right up there as one of the good, best races. Yeah, Kansas uh, Kansas Cup races there. But, uh, yeah, it was. Uh, I would agree with that as well. It was pretty aggressive all all uh, day long. Um, so that competition caution comes out and William Byron takes two tires and he'll be your leader coming back to green, but not long after Harvick and Chase Elliott get by. Chase had led all the laps prior to the competition caution. No, two tires didn't work because all of a sudden Byron just kind of like fell, fell all the way to the mid pack. So it didn't work for him. So that was kind of a sign that two tires was not going to work this day. Yep. Um, so then Hamlin, or uh, excuse me, Chase Elliott wins stage one. Hamlin took the lead over in stage two. Chase seemed better on the long run. It was going to be interesting to see how, how that was going to pan out. Then there was a caution with 17 to go on the stage. Matt Kenseth wasn't quite clear of Eric Jones, and they hit the wall on the front stretch. Uh, Kenseth did get the worst of it, but uh, cars were still cycling through green, green flag pit stops, so that gave the advantage to Matt Benedetto, Michael Modal, and Ryan Newman, who were staying out at that point. Yeah, it was kind of weird with that uh, Kenseth Jones deal. and it, it ruined Jones' day, too, also. And, you know, the, as the race went on, it just seems like uh, 
Chase Elliott just wasn't keeping up with the with the track conditions, and it just seemed like he was struggling more and more as the race went on. You know, from dominating the first part of the race, it just seemed like he just wasn't as uh, as stout as the race went on. Well, and maybe the radio issues had a had a part in that too, because he was having radio issues all day. Um, maybe that plays a factor in it as well. You, I got to think that you can't be as aggressive as you normally are without hearing your team. And some people were saying they were surprised that they let Chase out there without being able to hear as well or, or at all. And I think NASCAR made a statement on that as well, saying that they weren't aware of how serious the radio issues were. And I think they would change their mind on how they handled that. Yeah, but it's definitely a distraction. You could just uh, tell uh, through that whole thing, you know, instead of concentrating and you ain't got a radio and and it sounded like the, the louder they talked, the worse it was, you know, so they had to talk quiet. And uh, it sounded like it was in his helmet, I guess. That's where the bad connection was. There was a short going on or something. So, yeah, you know, <laughs> even once when we're on iRacing and your, uh, your speakers and sound system doesn't sound right, you know, it, it's very distracting. And so I could just imagine trying to do that running at 190 miles an hour. Crazy. That'd be crazy. Yeah, I'm sure that was a distraction. That didn't help at all. Oh, I'm sure. Um, yeah, I can't imagine. I can't imagine doing that either. But um, Chase did pit under this caution. He took two tires. He won the race off of pit road ahead of Matt Benedetto. Chase would restart seventh on that, but Hamlin and Blaney were bringing him back. Hamlin prevails with the lead there crazy restart behind them um hamlin ends up winning stage two he had an awesome battle with harvick but crazy restart near the end of the stage and hamlin takes it yep hamlin hamlin came around at the right time on the um to get that uh, second stage win so i was thinking uh that possibly could be the guy but there's there's harvick there so here's the hamlin harvick show back together again you know seems like we see them two together quite often this year I was thinking the same thing. Here it is, the Hamlin and Harvick show. And, um, well, we'll get into it a little further here. Uh, Kyle sure. Busch and Billy Logano bring them back to green. Logano takes it away. Uh, Harvick took the lead a lap or two later, though. There's there's Harvick again. Hamlin brushed the wall, coming back to complete lap 178. He had a pit because that was rubbing. And that ruined his day. Yep, that was just enough to mess him up and so um, he wasn't uh, he wasn't the same ever since he touched the wall there. Yep. Well, then, unfortunately for Kurt Busch as well, he blows an engine with 70 to go. Um, boy, you don't see a lot of blown engines these days. And unfortunately for Kurt Busch, this is going to put him in a big hole. Hey, they had good television on that one where they were listening to him and, and there was codes that were in on the dash and, you know, and they were, checking this out and checking that out, you know, and they, and they stayed with it. And then just when they uh, broke away from it and then the tight, <laughs> the engine wound out and poof. And then that was, uh, that was it. So that was, that was the whole problem. The engine was just slowly winding itself up to, to blow itself up and you know, too bad for Kurt. Then that was, <laughs> that was the end of him. Yeah. You could tell the dejection on his face going from winning a few weeks ago to, now having to know that you're going to have to win to advance. Well, that, that'll make you humble real fast. Yeah, one week you're a winner and celebrating, and the next week you're in the garage, you know. <laughs> um, 
67 laps of short. So, yeah, that's the way it goes. Yep. Uh, so Kyle Busch and Harvick bring them back to green with 62 to go. Harvick takes the lead away. Bush fell back a little ways. And then there was a couple of close calls on the restart. Hamlin versus Cole Custer. And then uh, Byron, Boyer, and Matt Benedetto had a close call. Boyer somehow didn't ha- hit Matt Benedetto. I don't know how they didn't make contact there. Yeah, that was a close call. But uh, <laughs> a lot of close calls. There was a lot of slicing and dicing going on at that time. Yeah, all, all day long, but especially as we got later. So then Reddick hits the wall and brings out the caution with 48 or 47 to go. Uh, Logano wins the race off pit road, and this is where I wrote in the message right here. Is that the winning move? He got off of pit road first. This That could win you the race. Um, you never know. We'll get into it here. Um, Hamlin is back on the lead lap due to this caution, so you thought, well, can he get back up there? Yeah, he fought to get his get his lap back. So yeah, he got back on the lead lap, but um, that car was just a little bit too uh, too hurt from the time he brushed the wall earlier in the race. Yep, yep. Uh, so Logano and Harvick bring them back to green. Logano takes it away with the help from his teammate Ryan Blaney. Then uh, Jimmy Johnson hit the wall decently hard. Priest may have been involved. There was no caution, and Joey Logano wins. Uh, at Kansas to advance to the championship. He did this once before at Martinsville, because remember this race was typically Martinsville in in years past. So can he cap it off with another championship like he did back a few years ago? Um, What a battle between Joey Logano and Kevin Harvick, though. I know Joey prevailed with the win, but Kevin was right there, and that was a great battle. Great race. He was Yep, he was trying this high and trying low, and, and I mean that was a sprint. Them last forty laps, you know. And Alex Bowman, you know, he was coming up there. He was just showing himself and in, uh, in the mix also. But uh, yeah, them last forty laps, that was good racing, and uh, and Joey held him off, you know. So, yep, Joey's in the in the championship uh, four. Yep, so Joey Logano takes the win. Kevin Harvick was second. Alex Bowman, as you just mentioned, was not far back as well. He was coming near the end of that. What a great day for that team. He was third. Brad Kozowski fourth. Kyle Busch caps off the top five there. Then Chase Elliott, Ryan Blaney, William Byron, uh, Martin Truex Jr., and Christopher Bell round out the top ten. You know, maybe Martin Truex's team should get some uh, some of that monster tape. And maybe because uh, every time they were trying to stick tape on it, it, it kept falling off all through that whole race. I think I think the last round they finally got some tape that actually stuck stuck to the grill, but they were having issues of trying to keep tape stuck because of the cold weather down there. Yeah, they were all day. They were trying to put a piece on to help that car out. And with the cooler temperatures, you can probably afford more tape than you usually can. Uh, but it was so cold that they couldn't get it to heat. I don't know if they tried heating it up and then sticking it on. I don't know what they all tried, but couldn't make it work. Uh, it was awesome that they covered that because uh, that's an interesting story. It happened all day. They kept trying to put tape on it, and it didn't work. So, um, yeah, especially in cold weather, if you ever leave duct tape out in your garage, you know, and try to use duct tape, um, when it's cold out, you'll find out that it doesn't stick very well. So, uh, like, if it's uh, clean out your garage before winter, you get your duct tape and bring it in the house because otherwise it won't work well. 
And so, like I say, they should maybe invest in some like monster tape or something like that, or, you know, <laughs> something like that. Gorilla, gorilla tape. That's the stuff that'll stick to the grill. And uh, it'll be interesting. <laughs> we'll see if that we ever see that again. So. Yeah, I'm sure we will. Uh, so Joey won. Kevin Harvick was second. They interviewed both after. Kevin Harvick had a comment after the race, and this is part of his interview. He said, uh, Joey's a good blocker, and uh, he had a great interview, but at the end of it, he, part of it, he said, Joey's a good locker. A blocker. There was no anger in that statement. It was just kind of a yeah, he did what he needed to to get it done, and Joey's one of the best at at doing that and mirror driving when he needs to. Obviously, you do that more at a super speedway, but he is one of the best. And I think the thing that's missing out of the story too is TJ Majors, how good of a spotter he is, because he was spotting almost like it was Daytona or Talladega. Yes, he was. Yep, you uh, you heard him on TV. And if if the shoe was on the other foot with Harvick, he would have done the same thing. You know, he would have blocked also. And, hey, maybe the Packers should look into Joey Logano since he can block so well. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, here's the point situation after Kansas. Uh, Joey Logano advances to the championship four with his win. Kevin Harvick sits second, up 41. Denny Hamlin is third, up 20. Brad Kozlowski's up eight, sitting fourth. Then outside looking in, Chase Elliott is fifth, minus eight. Alex Bowman is minus 27. Martin Truex is minus 31. And Kurt Busch, minus 73. Um, Mark, you know, uh, I said Joey Logano would make the final four with Kevin Harvick, Denny Hamlin, and Chase Elliott. I thought Kansas or Martinsville, Joey could get it done, and, and here he got it done. Yeah, that's a good call. I remember you calling that last last week. So, good call by you. You know, I'm I'm kind of looking at this uh, here. Let's say some outsiders lower than Harvick and Denny Hamlin win the next two races, and you know, for pointing in, um, you know, it could actually end up that Denny Hamlin could find himself out if Kevin Harvick doesn't win a race or Denny Hamlin, and let's say Brad or Chase Elliott wins the race that any handle would be out because he wouldn't have enough points. Um, kind of interesting there. Um, so <laughs> we'll see. Um, one mistake by Denny Hamlin or have a bad run here at the next race and he could find himself uh, below the cut line. Yeah, he's only 20 points up. So like you said, you know, Chase Elliott, Martin Truex, Alex Bowman, Brad Kozlowski, all good at uh, Texas. Most of those are good at Martinsville. I know Alex Bowman says he's not so good there, but Texas coming up, you can see any one of those four win. And, you know, we talked about that going into the playoffs, and we'll recap what we thought before the season, but you and I talked about it a few weeks ago. Who do you expect to be in the final four? And you were like, well, I think Harvick and Denny Hamlin are shoe-ins, and I thought, you know what, if you have one or two bad weeks, that can easily put you out. Oh, yeah, it sure could. You know, Kevin Harvey's looking really good right now. And uh, like I say, he, he dominates Texas. Um, if Kevin Harvey's got it hooked up this weekend, that's that's the dude that's probably going to win. And that's going to put a lot of pressure on the other guys. So, But we'll see. You know, um, any, once again, any one of these top eight could win. Um, yeah, even Kurt Busch being so far down, he could actually – 
in the right circumstance and a little strategy here or there, he could actually pull it off too. So we'll have to see Texas this weekend. Yep, Texas for all three series, all three series run the next three weeks. So it's going to be great racing. Texas and then Martinsville. I'm really looking forward to these next three weeks. I think it's going to be, it's already been go time, but it's going to ramp up here especially with Joey Logano winning in the cup series. I mean, I expected it, but it was a surprise and hurt some people in points by him winning. So I think when something like that happens, people ramp it up a little bit. Oh yeah. That's how it goes. So yep. Xfinity is, uh, is Saturday afternoon and then a double header on Sunday, the trucks are in the morning and then a mid afternoon is the Xfinity or is the cup race and weather looks good for both days down there. There's, um, a lot of weather down there in between, like on uh, Friday and on Monday. So they, they got a nice window to get to racing in down at Texas. Should be an awesome weekend of racing. I like Texas. That's a good place to watch them race. Excellent. That's exactly what I like to hear. Some good weather down there. You know, ever since the repave, it's kind of been a one-lane track. But they're, I know they're experiencing, experimenting with a few things the last few years after they did that. And um Sometimes you can get that upper groove to work if it's rubbered in and it's going to provide some good racing and people are going to be on it like they usually are, but um, it's going to be a good weekend. You know, the last time they were there, they put the awesome sauce on there. Um, you know, that PJ one. So I expect that that's probably going to be put down again this weekend. Um, we'll see. So um, yeah, we'll go with that. It'd be uh, I wish they, I'm not a fan of that stuff. But I guess if it makes for better racing, if they if they lay it down in a proper place, sometimes they lay it down and it's too high out of the groove. Um, but I guess the drivers have an input of where they want it, I guess. So we'll see. Well, it's funny you should mention that because as you were talking about it, it ran through my head. Denny Hamlin is one of the drivers that has had an issue of where it's been applied at the SMI tracks. And he almost said that, I, I think his quote was, and I'm sorry if I'm misquoting this, is they almost go rogue with where they put it and they don't get the driver's input. So this is an SMI track. What happens with that? Yep, it'll be interesting where they lay that down. I think the last time when they were here uh, this summer that they were there, it seemed like it was it was laid down a little too high. So maybe they'll lower it down just a little bit. Um, I guess they learned they learned from how the from past experience. So maybe if they lay it down just right, we'll have a two groove racetrack and uh, we'll have a good race in this weekend. Yep, yep. I I think it'll be good either way, but they'll make it work. And you know, sometimes things that aren't good for drivers, actually, most times things that aren't good for drivers are good for fans. So um, you know, it's a balancing act there. Yeah, don't make them comfortable either. Make them work for it. Absolutely. Well, let's get into some news here. Um, Kyle Larson was reinstated. He will be reinstated officially beginning January 1st. So we'll see where that leads. Uh, Chase Briscoe will drive the 14. Mark, you and I talked about that. You said Kyle Larson's going to get that right. I said, I think you're wrong. Chase Briscoe's going to get it. It goes to Chase Briscoe. And I still, I'm still hearing Tony Stewart still wants to somehow get Larson. There's, he's in negotiations with that too, even though everybody's now saying that Larson's going to be 
going to the five, which used to be the 88 car. So uh, we'll have to see uh, where he lands. <clears throat> but everybody's got their got their bets on that he's going to go with Hendrick. Well, could it be a case of, hey, the 98's open now. Take a year in the Xfinity Series, you know, regather yourself into it, and then maybe the 10 ride opens up because Eric Almirola only signed a one-year deal with Smithfield and Stuart Haas. You know, there, there's going to be a lot of shifting here. A lot of people are pointing to Hendrick Five. I'm hearing a lot of that for Kyle Larson. But I think uh, there's a lot of things going out there, and there's a lot of surprises that happen with Silly Season. And we're in the thick of it now. A few dominoes have fell. We're going. To, we'll go into that more here in a second. But it'll be interesting to see what happens. It sure seems like a lot of this has come a lot earlier this year. Um, usually, a lot of this stuff is delayed a little bit or pretty close to the end of the season. Um, a lot of these big cars, big teams have already picked their driver for next year. Um, it just seems a little early this year that they're they're doing all this. Maybe a little, but uh, a lot of people are saying, you know, typically it happens in August or September. We're in October now where some of the big dominoes fell. So I think a lot of the big dominoes uh, were a little later than normal. But COVID, not knowing the situation, um, one-year deals could be the new thing coming out too. You had Alex Bowman do that, Brad Keselowski, Eric Almirola. So you never know, but things are starting to shake down now. Yep, and as uh, as we go on, it starts to turn into scraps. <laughs> you know, all of a sudden, uh, all the good rides are gone, and then it just starts to be a domino, and then finally uh, it gets to be uh, next year where people are just getting in probably two, three weeks before Daytona, and they're getting in uh, fill-in rides, you know. So, But, yeah, the big cars are pretty much uh, almost all gone, and now they're, they're starting to get the mid cars, you know, the, the mid mid. Mid-pack cars are starting to be taken, too. So that's how that works with the silly season. Yeah, I think the the big call now that everyone's waiting for is who's going to be in the 5, the 88, whatever number it'll be for Hendrick. That's the big thing still out there. And then maybe the lower-funded teams start getting with it and seeing who's available. Yep, yep. So that's it's like dominoes, you know. It just slowly... Uh, goes that way. So, yep, that's the next one that we're waiting on to see who fills that. And, you know, the other thing that crossed my mind right now, too, is some of these deals do come along late, like sometimes in January, all that. Chase Briscoe talked about how going into this year, it didn't come along until about January. Um, and then you think about years past with Chase Elliott going to Junior's Motorsports. That didn't happen until late. So maybe something still comes up that people weren't expecting. Yeah. And every once in a while, all of a sudden, a team comes out of nowhere and they just throw it all together and make a go of it. And uh, so we'll see. That's why that's why silly season is kind of kind of interesting. I pay attention to that pretty close and how that all works out on the off season. So we'll have to watch. Yeah, it sure is fun to follow along. Well, uh, Eric Jones will drive for Petty in the number forty three. That's uh, that's awesome news for Petty. I think getting Eric Jones is going to be uh, great. He's a great talent. So I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do with the 43. Bubba Wallace has done a great job with it the last few years as well. But Eric Jones, I really, I really think the world of this guy's talent. We've met him a few times, seen him race. 
I think he's doing going to do a great job for Petty and a great guy to transition from Bubba Wallace. Yeah, Petty, Petty should be uh, happy with him. Um, he's a winner. He's won some races, and I'm sure he's going to enhance that team for sure. Michael Jordan and Denny Hamlin's team will be called 2311 Racing, and the number will be number 23. No surprises there a whole lot. The racing team name, though, will be 23XI, but it is pronounced 2311 Racing. Of course, that's Michael Jordan's famous number and Denny Hamlin's number combined. Yep, and they got it together with Bubba Wallace running that team, and so... And Michael Jordan wants to win now. So we're going to find out just how much talent that Bubba Wallace has got. And we're going to see how that's all going to work out. I'm sure they might have a few growing pains, but that's going to be a satellite team for Gibbs. And so that's the best stuff that's out there. So we're going to see how that team is going to perform. It'll be interesting. Well, I think you've seen Bubba Wallace really be – in a lot of discussion a lot lately, he's just a lightning rod as of right now. And I think whether it goes one way or the other, it's going to be talked about a lot. But I think the one thing that you have to remember, if it goes not so well as people think it will because they're linked to Gibbs, that's a brand spanking new team. They're going to have some growing pains. It's not going to come together all on one. And remember, how much are they going to invest? I know Michael Jordan says he wants to win now, and I believe that. But how much are they going to invest in the 2021 car when the 2022 car is coming and it's a new chassis? I I don't know how that's going to work out. I think people yeah. need to stay patient with it. Uh, the timing of that is kind of interesting how that's going to work. But they uh, didn't they get their charter from the 13 team, didn't they? Yes, they did. Yep. So so they'll be able to run full time all year. So there's no problems of trying to like. Uh, what happened with Suarez this last year, like he had to qualify to get in, you know, so he was fighting at the beginning of the year because he had no uh, charter to fall back on. But at least this 23XI team, (laughs) uh, at least they have a charter and so that they're guaranteed to make all the races. So that's a huge step for them right there. I wonder how much they paid for that. Yeah, I, uh, the number might be out there. I haven't seen anything yet, but it might be out there. We'll have to take a look at that. I bet Interesting you that's, to some, see. that's some ka-ching, I bet, any money. It, that cost a lot of money to buy that charter. So, it'd be, uh, yeah, it'd be an interesting number to find that. Well, and, you know, that's the whole reason behind NASCAR starting this is it was going to add value to the teams when they sell or, you know, loan out these charters. So I'm sure it went for a few million dollars at the minimum. Oh, I'm sure it did, <laughs> you know, so, but uh, that takes, that takes a, a big, uh, um, takes the stress out of it that they have that charter for that team. So, um, so they know that they're full-time racing, so they'll be out there. So we'll see how, how that goes. I'm sure they're going to have a little growing pains um, like any new team usually does, but you just never know, you know, if you, if you put the whole team together just right, and uh, they could be very successful. Yeah, you know, it's it's 23XI Racing, uh, but it's pronounced 2311. But I saw a funny post here from Ray Alfala, who's the iRacing, I think he's a four-time iRacing champion. He said 23X and then put a space in between the X and the I, so it would be 
23 incidents on iRacing. I thought of you right away. I thought of you right away when I thought oh, that. Well, thanks a lot. I'm good at that. So you should think of me first about that. So, you know, it isn't yeah, me. It's yeah. the person that's in front of me. And my, my bumper's got a magnet on it. And it just seems to always find that, uh, find that <laughs> problem on the front of my bumper always. That's my story. <laughs> and I'm sticking to it. All right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I had to poke some fun at you there. Uh, but. Uh, two more news things here. Go Fast Racing, that 32 team, will be going part-time in 2021. They're going to keep about four to five cars. They're going to run about five to six races. They will continue their partnership with the Wood Brothers Racing Team on one of their charters moving forward in the future. They look forward to the 2021 season. Driver update will come forward after the remaining full-time teams announce their 2021 driver lineup so there's a part-time team that's going to wait to see who's available um rumor has it the other charter they have will be sold to bj mcleod and matt tift wow okay there's news to me i didn't know that so okay matt which is it matt tift he he drifted away with medical issues i don't think i don't know is he going to be back driving again or is he going to be uh outside of the car. I haven't heard much from Matt Tift lately. Well, I know he would love to get back into a car. Uh, and he did pretty well in one when he was in there. So I don't know if him and BJ McLeod are starting their own team, if he's going to race for BJ McLeod at the Cup Series. There's not a lot of information on that, but that was pretty much breaking news today when uh, they said it was going to be sold to BJ McLeod and Matt Tift. And I hope Matt Tift is able to get back in a race car. He's a good talent, good kid, um, great kid. My gosh. Um, yeah. And to, to be knocked out with medical issues too is just a bigger bummer than it would be otherwise. So I hope he can get back, and that would be pretty cool. Well, that's all right because all of a sudden you mentioned his name and just like, wow, I haven't heard his name uh, so most of the year. So maybe he's going to get back in it. Maybe he's getting himself back together. So we'll see. But, uh, yeah, that was a um, – I didn't hear nothing about that story. So that's news to me there, buddy, and good to hear Matt Tiff's name again. Yeah. And then the last news that came down today as well, um, really exciting news for Josh Berry. Josh Berry will run 12 races in the eighth Xfinity car for Junior Motorsports before Sam Mayer takes over. That is so great for Josh. Josh has had so much success over the years in the late model stocks for junior motorsports. He was the um, advanced auto parts weekly touring NASCAR champion this year. He led all 200 laps last year in the Martinsville 300. Um, Man, he's an incredible racer, a guy that we've had in the Xfinity series a few times in the past, and he's done pretty well. Just a guy that couldn't find funding all the time and other things were happening. So he's going to get at least 12 races there. Dale Jr. actually surprised him with this. Uh, Josh Berry was uh, on Sirius XM NASCAR radio channel 90 with Dave Moody today. And Dale Jr. called in and said, uh, hey, we're going to be able to get you in 12 races. Go watch the interview or go listen to the interview. It's outstanding. Great for Josh Berry, a guy who absolutely deserves a chance. Yeah, actually, I uh, 
had to run into town this afternoon real quick, and and I just picked that up when all of a sudden Dale Jr. called in, and they were talking that out of 28 races, 27 of them, they finished in the top 10. Like it was sound like domination. And, uh, yeah, Josh Berry, he was at – he was at the Milwaukee Mile last year for the ARCA Midwest Tour Race um, when we froze froze ourselves there <laughs> uh, that day. But uh, he, uh, he's he got a lot of talent. And, uh, yeah, good to see that he's going to um, run a little bit there. So he's, he's got a lot of talent tonight, that kid does. Oh, man, he has. <laughs> Unbelievable. And, you know, it's unfortunate that he, I think he's 30 years old now. Um, unfortunate that he hasn't gotten a, a full-time shot in the past for the Xfinity series or a NASCAR series, but um, that was so cool to hear. And you could tell he was ex- excited about it. Had no mm-hmm. clue that was coming. So really cool by Dave Moody, Dale Jr. to do that for him and excited to see what Josh can do in the first part of the season before Sam Mayer takes over. Yeah. Did you listen to that interview this afternoon? I didn't get to listen to the whole thing. I just, um, I, I tried to listen to the whole whole thing um but it wasn't available yet so i got to listen to only the part where um dave was going into saying how do we get josh into the xfinity series or uh keep him going in a top tier and then dale said what he said and josh obviously said what he said and i did not get to hear the full full thing i don't know if there was more than that or that was pretty much all of it but awesome either way yeah, that was about it. Yeah, the timing was really, it was really something how all of a sudden I fell into that conversation as I was going into town and I had uh, Channel 90 on and, and I picked that up and I listened to that this afternoon. So that was a good interview. So yeah, check that out. That's a, that's a good one there. Yeah, I plan to actually after I'm done editing this and, and going from there, um, I plan on going and seeing that because I think it takes a, a little bit while that whole thing is free so i'll listen to that for sure when i get an opportunity and we'll go from there but uh that that's the recap for this past week what a great week of racing it was what a great week of racing is ahead of us and we can't thank you enough for listening to double l sports network's edition of the loose lugs racing podcast again you can follow us on double l sports network on facebook and twitter that is ll sports network Mark, again, thanks for joining me. This is It's getting down to the nitty-gritty here. Looking forward to it. And, hey, you and I will be down at the Dells uh, Raceway Park this weekend for the following 150, and that's going to be a great race as well. Yes, sir. Um, I'm uh, going to take a, a little uh, day of hooky at work. I'm trying to lay low-key about that, but it looks like that I'm going to be able to um, take a day and go down there, and it's going to be cold. They're only saying like a high of 39, so wear your woolies. It's going to be a rather cool day, but they moved the time. It was a start time of 3 o'clock. They moved it to 2 o'clock, so make a note of that. The gates open at 11 o'clock, practices at 12. Um, going to also be helping uh, sell Majeski gear for the last time this year, so we'll be selling some stuff there, so if anybody out there wants to stop by and say, hey, we'll be, uh, we'll be there, so... Looking forward to it, and then uh, we'll probably do some interviews with some drivers afterwards, and so spend a day down there at the Dells. Looking forward to it. Yeah, really looking forward to it. We'll do something down there as well, as long as our phones can stay charged, because sometimes with cold weather, they can drain them pretty quick there, but we'll do we'll do the best we can or go grab a charge while we can, 
and go from there. But really looking forward to that one. It's the last race up here for Wisconsin as far as asphalt short track racing goes. It's going to be a blast. It's going to be a lot of good drivers down there. There's a championship on the line of the Alive for Five championship. And it's it's a star-studded field. Please look out for that because uh, it's going to be awesome. And if you can go, go. I know it's going to be cold and we'll, we'll suffer a little bit there, but what we do for racing, right? That's right. Boy, did you, yeah, did you see that lineup? That's just as star-studded as, as Oktoberfest. So, and the Dells just puts out a super race. You know, if, if I had anybody uh, coming from out of state that's never raced in Wisconsin, if Dakota place, I'd say you'd have to go to the Dells. And if you've never been to the Dells, that is the place to go and watch a really super good race. They do a good job down there. Nice modern place. And, uh, yep, looking forward to it. So, We'll, uh, we'll get her done this weekend. How's that sound, buddy? Sounds good to me. And, you know, the thing about the Dells that's really extra cool to me is there's a campground right next door. So if you are traveling from a ways away and want to camp, it's right there. It, it, you can walk there. You can drive your car. Uh, what is that, Mark? What do you think? A thousand feet over maybe? And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. have a good old time. And that's what we're going to have. That's what was it's all about. So yeah, we're our last big blowout for the for the year, and so and then then the long winter sets in around here. So it's kind of strange. Uh, got some real good rumbling thunder out right now. That's rumbling outside. Kind of strange for October, but uh, get this all out of here so that we can have a nice uh, uh, dry day. It sounds like it's going to be cloudy down there, so we're not going to have the sun. So it's going to be a cool day on Saturday, but. Uh, Ah, the racing will be the racing will warm you up, you know. So we'll be good. Oh yeah, <laughs> it always does. Well, uh, thanks, buddy, for joining again. It's been awesome, and look forward to this weekend. And again, go follow us. Look for our content, and we look forward to seeing you soon. Thanks, everyone.